Yo, yo. All right. How about now? Loud and clear, man. There we go. There we go. Dre and Dad's podcast back. Uh, been a few days, but we are back at it. Um, some exciting times in the world of sports. Um, National Signing Day. In other words, the uh, championship week for Michigan football, because the only time that you can actually <laughs> celebrate doing anything correct. Um, the time where propaganda and hype is at its peak. Oh, look at look at who Michigan brought in. Uh, the the Derek Greens of the world. The Derek Green, the the new the the, the new Earl Campbell, uh, big power back. Um, Green goes uh, blue. Forcier, uh, you, you name it, we do it. Rashawn Gary, new Julius Peppers. You know, you just you name it, we 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 bring it in on National Signing Day. I mean, it's it 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 was a big day in in defense of your uh your team. It was it was a big day, especially when you consider. Uh, how things are currently going right now uh, in regards to just on the field play and results. So, uh, you know, you, you got to cut your boys some slack a little bit. Easy to say for you, you're getting ready for a SEC title and, you know, a playoff appearance, but I get it. You know, we're we, we on different levels. You you can hear a total difference in my voice and yours. You sound so calm, cool, and collected. It must be great. It must be great. This is a fun time of year for you. You're like, hey, man, look. You know, we take it week by week. You know, got a big week, man. Got championship week, and we got the playoff. You know, I want Clemson. I want Clemson bad. And here I am. Our season is over. My school hasn't played game played in three weeks. And uh, yeah, um, my coach has decided his extension. It's it's just a mess. But you know what? Let's spare our listeners. You know, they don't need to hear about that. There's a lot, a lot more better situations around the country. And a lot more better football. So we're going to get into it. You want to talk about uh, college football playoff scenarios, right? I do. Uh, before we dive in, I want to bring up two things just real oh, quick. Um, number one, I just saw this, uh, I think on Instagram or, or Twitter. Uh, Mackenzie Scott, who is the ex-wife of Jeff Bezos, uh, owner of, you know, the CEO of Amazon, just donated one point seven billion dollars with a b to hbcus um that Holy is crap. incredible uh i saw that and i was like whole b- billions with a b 1.7 billion dollars that's incredible uh oh so definitely God. like yeah I, I definitely wanted to bring that up like shout out to her i honestly i don't know a single thing about her um but she she's invited to the cookout for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> to the cookouts, the family reunions. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, we all know HBCU bands throw down. Yes. The battles of the bands, all that stuff that be going downtown at the, uh, uh, where, where, where the Falcons play? Uh, I forgot where it's called. Uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. At Mercedes-Benz, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Hey, she's definitely invited. <laughs> let me tell you something. HBC, you know why that's so big? Because there's been a lot of, you know, I mean, I have a... Uh, on a lower scale, I have a you know an aunt who has had a pretty successful business career. She went to HBCU. Uh, there's a lot of successful people, uh, especially people of color, black people who have gone on to have very very big impacts in the world and and great careers. I mean, uh, the uh, vice president elect Kamala Harris went to HBCU. You know, um, you know, so that that's huge. That's huge because anytime you're putting uh, funds and money in, into 
um, education is great, but moral lessons HBCUs where yeah. you're uh, potentially making a bigger impact on people of color. That's just great, man. That's great. And um, yeah, I, if we had a um, applause uh, sound effect, I would definitely play it right <laughs> um, For sure. That's fantastic. For sure. Uh, yeah. So the second thing I uh, wanted to bring up real quick is you were on the nine and seven train. Uh, Bevel Magic. Oh, my God. With, with, did you forget about that? Did you? I just, I'm upset that you didn't tell me this in our show prep. So you wanted to just throw this on me. Like, right. I appreciate that. Go ahead. Yes. No, I, I did not want you to be ready for this. Uh, okay. Yeah, no. You were on the, the Bevel Magic, the Bevel train, and that the Lions were going to win, and they were going to beat a team. And uh, who was that? Some some just run-of-the-mill team. Was it the Green Bay Packers? That, that team yes. that I said was motivated and wanted to win the one seed and – yeah. yeah, yeah, that it was them. That was them. Yeah. yeah, so just wanted to point that out. The Lions did lose. Um, so I, I, you know, just wanted to bring that up as well. That, uh, yeah, that they, they lost. They lost. Well, look, 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 I'm not going to back off it. You know, I, I, I said what I said, and <laughs> I, 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 I will defend myself by saying I preference when I, through that take out there that look i know this is irrational i know this makes no sense i know this is very unlikely but i'm being selfish in terms of you know and everything i'm saying is going to happen is purely based in hope and selfishness it was not based in logic i said that many times <laughs> in our recording so i will say i knew exactly what i was getting myself into but i didn't care because i'm like well to hell with it but no, I, I said what I said. Um, of course, lions do what they always do to make me look like I they, they make you end up with an egg on your face. <laughs> um, Matthew Stafford goes and get his, gets bent in freaking half and messes up his ribs by Kenny Clark. By the way, Stafford slide, dude. What are you doing? Anyway, um, it, it's a fun game. I thought it was an entertaining game. I'm not going to lie. I mean, look, I, I thought the lions. I can definitely tell. I, I, after two games, I still will say that the Lions did have a typical um, interim coach after a big fire rank boost. It, it happens all around the NFL. You know, mm-hmm. the Falcons had that once Dan Quinn was fired, right? Yep. Um, you know, so that, that that's just it's just how it works. And so, you know, they they won against the Bears, and I thought on Sunday, you know, that they played hard. They're just not good enough, you know. And and honestly, you know, Aaron Rodgers made. It's not even like they Aaron Jones had a big game. They no. didn't use Aaron Jones that much. But um Aaron Rodgers just was he had a he had a typical Aaron Rodgers game in which I text something to Dez people and this just came to me. Um and I just think it describe it describes uh, Aaron Rodgers how to when you're playing against him, this describes him perfectly. You know, uh let me look at what I text you because I, I thought it was just absolutely perfect. I think you said I think I said something like uh, hold on. Give me a second. Can you still hear me good? Loud and clear. All right, hold on. I should have. Oh, that was. I, it was. I was flowing too. It felt good. <laughs> um, I said something like, uh, like when you. Okay, I'm on Monday. Scroll up. Scroll up. Scroll up. Where's Sunday? Uh, da, 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 da. over here. I have people waiting to hear from me. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. 
Uh, our, oh. Almost there. All right. Here we go. Um, I said, man, he is so good, man, describing Aaron Rodgers. You cover everything, he runs. You blitz, he evades. You spy, he fries. Essentially, like, as a defense, if you call, your coordinator makes the right call, the right coverage, guys, your defense do their job, you cover everything, either in man or in cover two, cover three, cover four, wherever you choose. Aaron Rodgers will see that through his initial progressions down the field, and then he'll just take off a run. Whether it's for five yards, whether it's for seven, for ten, he doesn't really go for long runs, but it's always like a four, five, or six-yard run that's on like second and three, second and six, second and five, third and three, and, you know, it, it's, it puts you in, in an impossible situation. So, so then you're like, okay, well, gosh, let's spy him. Okay. Um, you spy him. You leave, you, let's say with your linebacker, you try to spy with them, then he'll just find wherever the person that he'll find that hole very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, well, we can't spy him. Let's just try to get, have him um, get rid of the ball fast. Well, most of the time when you blitz, he sees the coming and he's able to evade it by rolling out and either running or just buying enough time for a guy to get open and he does not miss on the run. He's literally you. There's nothing as a defense you can do to stop that guy, and you just have to hope he makes a mistake. It's just that simple. It's nothing you can do. Yeah, that that yeah, that's it. He's he's seen it all, and he's still, even though he's getting up there in age, is still athletic enough to you know get out of the pocket, buy himself some time, get out of trouble. And he, I mean, he when he's throwing the ball, it doesn't even look like he's in an NFL game. Like he looks like he's just in the backyard, like just kind of flicking it around. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty incredible how, how talented he is arm wise. His composure, his composure is amazing. I mean, it just said on the side, I think he texted him like Aaron doesn't look like he's like, he looks like, I don't know. He's what just you said, chilling. Like, like it just, it, he just chill- like just so relaxed. Just like, Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine. Like, yeah. Like in this thing too, like it's almost like, yeah, it's fine. Doesn't matter what happens. And I think I texted you that it was pretty early, like maybe Green Bay's first or second drive. But it's just like it doesn't even matter what happens these next five drives. Like, you know, I can we can get the ball with, you know, get two or three possessions left, and I know we'll we'll get three touchdowns, like two or three touchdowns. Like it, he just has that confidence where it's like, oh yeah, no, we're gonna be fine either way. It's it's it, you know, it's it's the uh the the Shannon Sharp like gif of that that, that ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. And it, it, that's, him. Rare, it, that's yeah. him. He's in rare air. Uh, like, he has that. And it's rare you see this in football, too. Uh, particularly, like, even the best, better quarterbacks don't have, like, his type of confidence. He has, like, that Michael Jordan-type confidence mm-hmm. where it's, like, it doesn't matter what's going on. There is zero panic because he knows that as long as I have the ball, I can do whatever I want, and I'm going to will us to whatever I need us to do. Like, it doesn't yep. matter. I don't care if I'm, like, for Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't matter if they go down. Somehow the Packers go down 21-7, to 7, they get punched in the mouth as a team. He's like, okay, just give me the ball. We're, we're going to score, and eventually we'll get enough stops, and I'm going to have the ball to end the game, and we're going to win. Like, it just – like, he – nothing phases him. He's never – 
ever phase. It's it's like even Brady's not like that. Like I've never seen a, a swag like him. It's the most. I mean, maybe Mahomes is close to that, but he has a long way to go in terms of consistency over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen anything like that. Like Manning at times could look frantic. I've seen Manning frantic. I've seen the best have moments of looking like, man, you know, like I made a mistake there or looking a little bit worried. I've never – Aaron is always calm. He, he marries the confidence and arrogance too. Like it's an, it's an arrogance thing with, with him as well. And I think Jordan had that as well where I think a lot yeah. of the like Mahomes and Peyton, it was just a confidence. Like they didn't, they didn't have the arrogance, like just meshed the way that Rogers does. Like he's, he's got them both and they're, they're like in lockstep. It's like, Oh yeah, no, I'm confident in what we can do, but also like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to kick your butt. I'm going to do what I need to do. Like we're, we're fine. No matter what we're fine. And, until we're not until the game is over and yeah. we lost, like we're fine. No big deal. And that has to be, to your point, it has to be literally like zero seconds on the clock. Mm-hmm. Like, as long as he has one second, which we've experienced <laughs> here in Detroit, as long as that guy has one second on the clock, he believes I'm going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Like, it like, like it's, it doesn't matter. We've seen it. Felt the pain. Like, okay, what, 10 seconds left? Oh, one second left? I, need, I can only make one throw? Okay. No I'm going to throw it in the end zone. You're going to catch it. It's going to be, it's gonna be I'm great. I'm going to do a perfect spiral, like, to the point where – it disappears from the TV broadcast because it's so high and it comes down perfectly like five, three to four yards in the end zone where Richard Rogers basically just jumps up and it falls right into his chest. Like it's, it's, it, he's incredible at the age of 37 in which it was some speculation by people that he was like declining. I don't see it, man. He looks, he's rejuvenated. Um, and, He's like you know how we talk about like to win a Super Bowl you need to have it on your rookie court uh, rookie contract. He might be the exception. The Packers, they have a shot, man. They're really good. They're really really good. Yeah, it's uh, it's something. But um, anyway, let's uh, roll into your one of your favorite uh, sports with the NBA, and we want to talk about James Harden and how. <laughs> Things are going to essentially want to talk about using leverage effectively, which James Harden is not doing that. Uh, so I'll, I'll kind of let you kick it off and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. So James Harden, AKA the beer, AKA the blo- the, uh, the, the bloated, um, <laughs> he, uh, look around. If you type in James Harden in Google, Two days ago, actually maybe yesterday, what you saw was a lot of a lot of people reacted to a picture that was circling around the internet of his debut in the preseason, and he looked like he picked on a good fifteen or twenty pounds, and not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, um, and he's all in the pro- He's already been known as a guy who was very lackadaisical, um, you know. One, very, very one-sided in terms of his game. He's just very fortunate that he's just so gifted with that pop style of game. Um, but it's very gimmicky. Um, people think it's it's highly, which it is factually, highly you know reliant on reps giving him calls. Um, and so, and he's always been known as being lazy, especially on defense. 
And so you already have the perception in terms of your play. And then you show up physically and you look exactly like that. Um, it, it, it was a bad look. And let's rewind here for a second. Part of the reason why this is such a big deal is that um, at the beginning of this uh, NBA off NBA offseason, uh, Russell Westbrook, well, right after they got the Rockets got eliminated by the Lakers, the um, Rockets parted ways to Del Murray and also Mike D'Antoni. And shortly afterwards, when the offseason started, uh, Russell Westbrook, after his first year in Houston, requested a trade. Later, later on, it turns out that he didn't like the Houston culture and how they catered to James Harden. Uh, so, fast forward, the Rockets trade Russell Westbrook. And in the midst of uh, the Westbrook discussions, James Harden uh, also apparently was looking to leave as well, uh, but didn't officially request a trade until after Russ was actually traded. Um, and so now it looks like that, you know, it, once training camp started for Houston, James Harden doesn't show up. Um, <laughs> there's videos and pictures of him in the strip clubs and, and, and partying up, by the way, amid COVID, which is another stupid thing, but whatever. In the strip club with Rick uh, with Rick Ross and just having a good old time while his team is in training camp. Um, and, all, and, and also, too, I, I want to make it clear. It's not as yeah, if paparazzi caught him out at these different places. He posted this on his Instagram, his own social <laughs> media. So there, there's a bit of it. Nonetheless, I think you're you're doing the wrong thing no matter what. But it's one thing for someone, you know, a, a, a fan to catch you and post it on their, you know, social media. It's another for you to just post it on your own and just say, oh, yeah, no, this is me just out here, you know, hanging while all my, my teammates, my brothers are out fight, fighting at, uh, at you know, in, in training camp battling. And, you, and, it's, and there's just so much wrong with that. For one. You're the leader of the team. You're the best player. You're the face of the franchise. You should be the first one at camp. That's one. Two, just from an example standpoint, you're we're in the midst of a pandemic. Why the hell are you at a strip club? Mm-hmm. Three, it's just there's so much wrong. You just requested a trade. Dude, you know what that shows me? That shows a total, and this one I'm going to leverage, a total lack of awareness. You're trying to get traded. You don't have any leverage. The, the Rockets have you in a contract for the next two to three years, if I'm not mistaken. They don't have to trade you because you are on the books. They're not worried about losing you for nothing. They don't have to right now. You have no leverage. None. And so the best case scenario, you're like, okay, well, a, a sane person will be like, or a person that's more aware, it's like, you know what? If I want to get traded, I need to show teams that how valuable I really am. And to do that, obviously, teams aren't jumping at the bit to trade for me because a move would have been made already, most likely. The reason why teams are not trading for you is because, for one, you have a stigma of not being a winning player because you're one-sided. And that one side that you're great at is very disruptive to the offensive flow of the team, correct? So it, so you're not you're you don't have you're not you don't have any leverage, and you're not taking the steps to have leverage. So as I text this, let's talk about two examples of players who use their leverage 
a lot more effectively. Um, one guy who's had one, actually both guys ironically played in the NBA Finals. One guy lost but played his best ball of his career in Jimmy Butler, and the other guy won a championship in Anthony Davis. Both ended up in great situations. Some had some couple stops along the way, but they got to where they need to be. Let's rewind here a little bit. Uh, I think it was three years ago. Correct me if I'm wrong, Des, but I think three years ago, Jimmy Butler is in Minnesota. He's playing with the likes of Carl Anthony Towns. Um, and the year before, he leads Minnesota into the playoffs. Uh, also, they had Andrew Wiggins as well. He leads Minnesota into the playoffs, but they come back into the following season. He's not happy there. Um, he's not happy with the commitment that his teammates were showing, which he thought was lacking. Um, and at the time, there were people questioning Jimmy Butler, like, who are you? I mean, like, just show up and play. I mean, like, just lead the team. Don't worry, you know, don't, don't, you know, just do what you got to do. Now, later it comes out as, you know, Andrew Wiggins really does have a commitment issue to his game. <laughs> and Cat is clearly not a number one or maybe not even number two in terms of his personality. So Jimmy was right. And then Jimmy goes to Miami and it's a dog. And you see that Jimmy's never a problem. It's the guys around him. Um, I, I and I and I agree a hundred percent with you. Only thing I will say is, if you don't have the right locker room, and and you had said it, Jimmy's not the problem. He's not the problem, but he can be if he if you don't have yeah. a good locker room. Now I I will say right, Jimmy was a hundred percent right in everything that he did with Minnesota. Um, how he how he did it because my thing is it's it's one thing like I'm a big. Uh, believer, especially in the NBA, when guys are guaranteed, uh, just show work, like show up. You know, especially when you're in camp practice yeah. stuff like that. Like, dude, you 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 just never know what's gonna happen. Um, and Jimmy, you know, w- was was upset with everything, but also was busting guys on the court though in practice. You know, and and the and the the GM was there, and he was <laughs> giving the GM the business too. Like, you need me. You know, you need me like that's a, that I, I like that. But yeah. I'm I'm more of an old school like guy. Like I like guys that grind, work hard, you know, and that's exactly what Jimmy is. So um, but but no, I, I, I think he did it. The I he it's hard to say he did it the right way because there's a lot of ways to do it. But I like the way Jimmy did it. I guess I'll say that. Well, maybe that's the better thing. Like he did in a way that's a lot more uh, admirable, and and he and a lot more. Uh, like if you're a team, you're looking at okay. Let's look at it like this way, and I, I maybe I'll retract the AD situation because honestly, it wasn't what AD did. It was more or less what Rich Paul did. Well, AD made a good move by signing with Rich Paul, um, and and Clutch Sports. But um, uh, what what Jimmy did was Jimmy showed up. Everybody, he was very vocal, and he, it was no hiding that he wanted to get out of there. But he never pouted, and he showed up and played every game. He never set out. He played, and he balled out. And from a team like the Philadelphia 76ers at the time, and any other prospective teams were looking at, like, okay, this guy can play. Um, and miss everything's going on. He's showing up to work. He's working his tail off. He's playing. That's a guy that we can add here because he's playing with an attitude. His reason for making a tizzy is not because he doesn't want to play because he wants to win and he's not happy with the direction of the franchise. If I'm a team and I'm competing, that's yes. a good problem to have. Yes. I can deal with that. 
So I'm like, you know what? I'll take the chance. Vice versa, a guy like a guy like James Harden. When has James Harden ever done anything with his on the court play or off the court? Like you don't hear James Harden as a guy who's spearheading the franchise, as a guy who's dying to win. He's never tried to adjust his game. You know who does that? Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler would do whatever it takes to win. If it means scoring 15 points, I gotta go, I gotta lock the other uh, lock down the other team's best player. I'm going to do that. And my other guys, I'm following with them having to shine in terms of their scoring points. If I got to score 40 to win, I will do that. There's a total commitment to winning. James Harden is like, I'm just going to go out here and drop 50. I'm going to get my shots up. You know, but that's, you know, I, I get, it's just, you know what the difference is? It comes down to this. It's a total difference in perception of player. James Harden for years has been known for the last three or four years has been known as a top five guy. A lot of people would think he's a top five player in the NBA. I tell you this now, Des. I would take Jimmy Butler every day of the week over James Harden. He may not have the offensive uh repertoire James Harden does in terms of he can go on. We seen Harden go on um week-long or two-week-long stretches and when she's averaging. I, didn't he average like 40, 40 points a game for like two weeks? It might have been longer than that. I think it, he went something like 20 yeah. games or something, like 15 or 20 games, scoring like 40, 30, 40 points a game. You know what I mean? Like just something crazy. It was definitely 40. Yeah, it, it was insane. But, it, you know, he was doing the course with high shot volume and foul. Well, anyway, he was averaging that. But regard, even though Jimmy can't do that, not in a bad way, it's just not his game, I would take Jimmy any day of the week because Jimmy is a winning player. Jimmy elevates you. Um, and, and, you know, if you're talking about leverage, two different players who want to leave from an opposing franchise standpoint, you're looking at potentially acquiring that guy. You know, you want a guy. If you're Because here's the thing. You look at two players like that, they're both max players. So to get them, you're going to have to give up a lot of capital, meaning players on your team who are probably good or, you know, important pieces on your team currently who have a lot of money on your books. And you're going to have to make the salaries work so you can absorb that contract. So you're about to take on money and you're also about to take on a huge personality in a game that could be potentially disruptive to your flow. Well, is it going to do that for a guy like James Harden? It, it's almost like a death sentence, both contractually and on the court. And, it's, and for James Harden, just for him, the way he's handled himself, you know, you know what? It comes off, and I'm, I'm all over the board here, and I say this, and I'll, I'll let it go. It, it comes off as a guy who's just lacking, um, you know, a seriousness. You're, you're not serious. You're not serious. You didn't show up to training camp. You're playing around. You're overweight. Um, you're just not locked in. And I don't want to hear about, well, he wants out. Well, yeah, I don't care if you want out or not. Show up to work. And then let your agent handle the rest. And um, I'm just it's, – it's a terrible situation. Um, I just saw a tweet um, that um, Philly and Houston could be in talks. Maybe Ben Simmons is going to be included in the package if it happens between – them and uh in in Houston and uh I'm Philly I'm not doing that I'm not doing that I get why Philly would like to do it 
course, Dale Morey is now the GM of Philly. Of course, he and James, you know, were in Houston a long time together. Um, but, you know, I don't, I, I just, I, I'd rather, if you want to trade Ben, Philly, if, if, if Philly wants to win and you're willing to get rid of Ben for it, there are other players in this league that could be a better fit for you than, than uh, James And one Harden. of them's so named Devin Booker. Um, it, it just, it just for me, for Harden, his, he, he is in the, in the Joel Embiid category for me on, you guys don't really take this serious. And it, for Joel Embiid, um, you know, after they lost the, uh, was that the Eastern Conference Finals to Kawhi in that last shot, game seven? Or was that the semis? Okay. That was the second round. So after that, that round, shot yeah. happened that Kawhi hit, um, Joel Embiid was upset. He was crying, which I I actually like that. Like, to me, that shows you care. And there was all this talk over the offseason that Joel Embiid had a picture of himself crying after the game as his, his phone lock screen because he wanted that to motivate him for the next year, for during the offseason, that he'd come back, like, just on a mission, you know, ready to take Philly over the top to the next level. And he shows up. Pretty similar to James Harden in the, the uh, you know, to training camp. You're overweight. You're out of shape. You don't look great. You, you don't look motivated at all. And you have to miss time because you're out of shape. You have to, you're missing games. You're, it, it just, no, you're not as effective you're not and you're, you're setting your team back. So, you know, you want to win and all this other, like, that's fine to say it and talk and, and, you know, you talk to the beat writers and all these guys that are putting out all these positive stories about you. Uh, but when when push comes to shove, when you're actually by yourself and the, the work is more important, like it's more important to do the work by yourself than it is to, to do the stuff with the team. Same with James Harden. Uh, after, you know, he had some game. I have no idea when it was, but it was a game where he scored something like some 40, 45 points. And after the game, you saw. Uh, different posts of like you know it started getting getting around social media that James Harden is is working out in the in the in the gym working he's lifting out. weights and blah 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 <laughs> that's all great but when you're when you're by yourself and on your own time you're not dedicated to to the sport and what you do like it, it I I just that annoys me and you know for me that's like the biggest like in recent memory the the biggest impressive thing that James Harden's done. That really like was like, oh wow, wasn't that picture? It was the block game seven versus OKC when he blocked Dort mm-hmm. to win the game. That was the biggest. That was the that was the most effort I've ever seen James Harden put on defense, probably in his whole career. Like seriously, like it was, I think a tie game or Houston was up one point or two points. Uh, Dort of uh, OKC had an open three point shot. He took it, and James Harden made a great defensive play and blocked the shot. And I think grabbed it and threw it off Dort uh, in the same sequence and got the ball back to Houston and essentially clinched that game to save their season. Um, he yelled and everything like that, like an excitement, which is all great. But it showed me, it's like, dude, then mm-hmm. you know what? You have it in you. You have it in you. And don't tell me that, oh, you can't score like that and also be a great defensive player. BS. I've seen Jordan do it. Jordan was a uh, all all NBA defensive player every year, almost every year in his career. I've seen Kobe do it. 
I seen all I seen LeBron do it during the prime of his career. The best players who can score 35, 40 points a game and still do it on both sides of the ball. So don't tell me that you can't do it. If you can't do it, that probably tells me that you're out of shape and you're not in shape as the greats of other other greats, mm-hmm. events, which is a problem. So, you know, it, it's just, you know, it's a bad situation. But I am happy the NBA is back. We probably will do actually no, we're not there's no probably. I'm being selfish. We're gonna do an NBA uh pre tip off uh before the twenty second, which is next Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Uh, when the NBA season. I know it's weird for people out there. Yes. <laughs> I know we just finished the playoffs two months ago, but <laughs> the new season is upon us next week on Tuesday. Clippers and Lakers. I'm excited for it. Uh, and we'll do some, uh, uh, you know, pre tip off <laughs> fun. Uh, before it, but before we wrap, you you, you got to yeah. Um, so want to kind of talk about some scenarios, and before I get into that, I want to just hammer home the point of the college football committee, the decision to move Florida down one spot after losing to a three and five LSU team is despicable. It is absolutely – it's a travesty, and it's an embarrassment to college football. You, I mean, I think LSU had 57 or 58 scholarship players, which for, for people who aren't aware, you usually go into a game with 85 scholarship players. They went in with about 58 because I think they were about two over essentially the limit. Like the, the, the minimum you could have is like 56 and actually play a game. Had about two over that and won and won that game. I don't care how they won it. Um, you know, whether a guy threw a shoe or threw a fit, uh, you still lost the game. You you weren't good enough. And Florida goes from number six to number seven, moved down one spot after losing a game. Meanwhile, Cincinnati moves from number eight to number nine, and they didn't even play. Like it it when I saw that, I was just infuriated because I now I don't know if this is the year that well it looks like this is not going to be a year that a group of five team gets in but you could have made a case for Cincinnati if the committee didn't just absolutely screw them over uh because but you know but you know what that is Des you know what that is that to me that's the committee trying to save face and knowing that they're they're trying to uh leave some wiggle room for Florida to potentially get into the back to the college football playoff. If uh, it depends who's playing the SEC title game, I think it's between A&M and Alabama, but just trying to leave some wiggle room for Florida to climb back in because they don't want to put Cincinnati in there or a team that essentially that they know that um, from a competition standpoint, if they play, if they make in the college football playoff, they're going to get decimated by whoever they but play. Here, so he, I, it, it's and, not right. And I understand that. Number one, you didn't, it it wasn't Florida or nothing at that. It it wasn't a decision between either Florida or Cincy because, and Texas A&M is sitting at number five in my, and my thought is number one. So Notre Dame and and Clemson are going to play. They are currently ranked right now. Number two and number three, Um, based on what happens in that game, most likely whoever draws the four seed is going to get throttled by Alabama anyway. So why not give Cincinnati a shot this year? Like, because it, it's not going to be uh, – you. because here's my thing. You you put Texas A&M in. Do you think they're playing at a level that, that, would, that would, would give Alabama trouble? 
Like, like they, they played early in the season before Alabama even hit their stride and lost by, what, 17, something like that? Like, if they play today, that's going to be a 30-point win. Like, it's, it's, it. So, my thing is, why, like, give them a shot. No. Texas A&M beat LSU, what, 20 to 7? Like, what, what, what am I going to do with that? That, that, yeah. that, that LSU team is the same one Alabama beat 55 to 17. Like, Alabama is rolling right now. So, that's, that's my thought. Give them, like, get, let them go in. Because it, my thing is, if Cincinnati is sitting at seven right now, Iowa State's at six, Texas A&M's at five. Cincinnati's going to play another football game. Texas A&M is not, and and Iowa State is. But if Iowa State loses and Cincinnati wins, and I believe they're going to play Tulsa, who's a ranked team for a conference title, you're talking about a 9-0 Cincinnati team, conference champion, undefeated, you, I I would say there's a shot you can get that you could put them at four with with, with no one losing their minds because like I said th- to me this is the year this is the year to put them in um, but they they uh, I just don't get yeah. that you know what's crazy about that you know what's crazy Cincinnati <laughs> is a better job than Michigan right now like can you imagine the Michigan administration like. Harbaugh like goes to NFL or resigns, and War Manual calls up Luke Fickle. Hey, Luke, how you click? Doing? No, I'm just playing. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm just joking. That wouldn't happen. <laughs> no, but like, like honestly, like would Luke Fickle even like he'll take the call, but like would he even? Like, he would. Yeah, he would consider that. Like, it, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? Gosh, man, I don't know. I know. I just. It, it's it. And I know we're not talking about Michigan, and I said I was going to spare people that, but no, it was Alliance. I was no, it was Michigan. I was going to spare, but I can't help it. When I hear about schools, I know that don't have nearly the brand Michigan does, and I hear how well they're doing. You're talking about freaking Tulsa. You're talking about freaking Iowa State. Uh, it's just like, are you kidding me, dude? We can't even get to. We can't even have a team uh, a 500 season. I mean, we're freaking two and four or something like that. Whatever. Anyway. I get what you're saying. The interesting for me is that um, I really selfishly, I really want to see a Clemson Alabama rematch. Um, the only, I'll, I'll tell you, the only way that's going to happen is I going to be in the in the national championship. Yeah, no, I agree. I just, I, man, I mean, Clemson's like they can't lose this game. Clemson cannot lose this game. You can't have two losses no, and then no. get to the, the playoff. Um, they have to win this, and uh, all the pressure's on them because Notre Dame can lose. This I game think outside of Notre Dame getting blown out by like fifty, I think they're a lock to be in. And and for Notre Dame, yeah, I I, if I were in the Notre Dame administration, and I get it, they are the you know we are our tradition, and we're independent. That's what we do. But is it not coincidental that the year that you decide to be in a conference that you're almost you're a Join virtual a lock for the the college football playoff. Like is it, is it right? Yeah, like they, like what do you up. come on? Like up. right. Join the ACC, Join it. Notre Dame officially. You know, and, and here's the thing. Like, look, look how much credibility you mm-hmm. build for yourself by beating Clemson. Because Clemson's the top dog. <clears throat> you get yourself because you're already ranked in the top ten every year anyway. So all you really need is that signature win and possibly a conference title 
you'll be in there every year. Notre Dame and Brian Kelly, they're clicking right now. They're doing really, really well. And no, they should officially join the ACC. They're there. They play. I think the ACC in basketball all the time. I think their yeah. basketball is in the ACC. Um, you might as well join their football. Stop being snobs. It makes sense. Join there. It's not like the ACC is freaking loaded. You know, you're, it's pretty much going to be. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It's pretty much going to be you and Clemson and maybe North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Other than yeah. that, that's it. Um, that's it. So yeah, that that's that was my little rant, but. Anyway, <clears throat> no, I get it. Well, let me, well, well, before we wrap, before we wrap, let me just say this too. It is it any way, Desmond? Is there any way? Because, well, you're going to say no, and okay. I think I just talked myself into it. But I ask the question anyway. If Clemson loses, is there any way that the committee gives them a break because the first time? Uh, give them a break, over? yes, but. Um, I, I just think I think you're just falling more than than two. I mean, you're at three right now. I, I mean, it's it's gonna be hard to yeah. just move you down you to four. Because uh, you think about the teams yeah. that have lost. In I'm trying to think of. I mean, we haven't had a team lose a conference championship game and get in. But right, and that's what I was just Probably gonna say. They didn't lose the title game. They lost the Auburn week the week before the the conference championship game and at that time i think there were one or two they got dropped down to like maybe five or six and then ended up yeah you got uh it. yes you won did. a title that yep. year didn't you um so in, in a situation let's say let's say in a situation let's just play this real quick let's say so they did or did not um but oh okay so they didn't lose <clears> the first time Right, but they lost. They lost in a title game. Let's say they were still ranked number three. They lost a title game. They lost a title game, and they dropped to like five. Because you guys won that year, don't you think that helps teams going forward in some of the situations? Because it's like, okay, well, you you can as long as the program that had that situation is a power program and they have great talent. There's still a chance they Yeah, but I also think we – so you got to remember what happened that year too. So we needed uh, – at that time, Wisconsin was number four. I believe Alabama was five. Mm. Or, oh, I'm sorry. Wisconsin was five. Alabama was six. And I think Ohio State might have been ten or, or something like that. And we needed we – need, we were rooting for yeah. – Ohio State, but for for a close win, like we didn't want him to go out and throttle them like that they did that year in 2014 of like 59-0. We wanted a very close win by Ohio State, which it was right. I think it ended up being like a seven point game. Yeah. So there, so we even though like it yeah. worked out for Alabama, like we still needed a lot of things to kind of go our way and and line up, which they did. Um, I, I mean. I'm looking at it right now. If Clemson were to, uh, let's say, were undefeated, still number three, if they lost, you got Alabama, Notre Dame, to Ohio State's probably bumping this. I just, I don't know, because your argument's going to be then between Clemson and and Texas A&M. You know, A&M's going to say, well, the number one, I have a better loss than you do, and Clemson, but neither one of them have a great win. You know, Clemson's best win is probably going to be Miami. Um, and I'm trying to think of AM's best that's win. Tough. Florida, yeah, right? That's true. Would be number seven. So so based just based on that, yeah. 
And then, and then that hurts them because Florida's lost to LSU now hurts. But Florida still uh, ranks higher, though. So I uh, so well, here's I the thing. My losses is, is to a higher ranked team and my best win is to a higher ranked team as well. So it's it. I mean, that, to me, that's pretty mm. simple. I mean, he, you know, I test is like t- is. Yeah, yeah, like I get it. But for A&M, it's like, eh. Like they they probably would would be the the team that goes at four. Base, so basically, we're saying oh, Clemson. You got for sure. Got there's no there's no you doubt. You're you. This isn't the Clemson team to to. This isn't the team. Sorry, this Clemson team isn't the the first two lost team that needs to get in. Like this, they. This isn't the Trevor Lawrence true freshman year where they just were loaded everywhere. This isn't that team, right? Yeah, no, they they have flaws. You know, they're they're not nearly now. Granted, um, I I I believe that's true, but also you know I I do believe Trevor being out maybe had has disrupted them in their flow this year. But I do agree, like particularly on the defensive side of the ball, I mean. You don't have a defensive right. line for the four, the first round pick, and they and they you know were missing like, some guys uh, in that bad. Notre Dame game. Um, that the defensive guys, I think they were missing three starters in their front seven um, in that game. But I'm sorry, I mean that that's right. like everybody, right? Everybody is is dealing it's with you know trying to navigate COVID and injuries and things like that. So I, that's life, man. You got to win the you know, right. You, you, they they take your business. It's 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 take interesting. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion they're going to win, man. Like, I, I Notre Dame has beat them already. They're going to have confidence going into the game. Um, they've been playing well. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Clemson's going to win this thing. I know they got Trevor um, for this one. But it's um, – yeah, man, I, I, I really don't know who's going to win that game. I really don't. Because Ian Book mm-hmm. – we all thought Ian Book was a joke. Man, this guy's not that good. He's been playing a lot better this year, dude. And their offense, they showed they can score on that defense. And um, it's not like you said this to, you know, when I said about um, uh, Clemson and I tried to give them an excuse about Trevor Lawrence, you were like, well, they still mm-hmm. scored like 40 points in that game. Offense wasn't a problem. It was their defense. It's, it, and that's the thing, so, too. It's like because it, uh, Trevor Lawrence isn't going to throw for much more than 400 yards. And that's what DJ Uyunglele threw for. So you're, it's not as if, you know, DJ threw for 150 yards and, and we couldn't throw the ball. It's like, no, they threw for – he threw for 400-plus. And on top of it, Notre Dame held Travis Etienne to, I want to say, under 40 yards rushing, which I didn't even know that was possible. That dude is wow. really good. I'm biased, so I'll say Najee Harris is the, the yeah. best running back in the country. But if you if you argue and say <laughs> ETN, oh good lord! No if you if you if you, I'm not gonna gonna shoot you down if you say that ETN is is number one. Like it, I mean, it's hard it's hard this year when you have two rushing games like that. Like he's ETN's had two games like that where he was very poor, but um, he's a really good back. He's a first round draft pick easily. Uh, so to to hold him to that, yes. I think yes. I think Notre Dame's I think their defense is going to be the key uh, on Saturday. 
it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. But um, I, I'm with you. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Clemson's going to win it. Just, just show up and and win. And I'm yeah. And let's just, let's be honest here. Uh, and I say this, and then I'm done. Um, let's just be honest here. And Des, he's going to tell you the truth, people. <laughs> he wants to face Clemson. He wants. Oh, to if, if I've got a choice, yeah. Well, and he, and yeah, trust uh, uh, yes, yes. Sure. I um, and I'm not sure I have a a team that I'd like to play in the first in the first round. And, and obviously, first and foremost, we got to take care of business on Saturday with Florida. Um, so, I, but I'm not sure there's a, a team I, yeah. I'd like to see in that first round uh, game. It looks like if 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 all the favorites win, which would be Alabama, uh, Clemson. Ohio State, then Notre Dame is probably number four, and all the 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 four teams that are in now are going to be the four teams that that are in, uh, and it'll be Alabama and Notre Dame that first round. And I I just think on the outside with the firepower um, we have, and and even the run game, like the Alabama's O line has been playing extremely well at an extremely high level. Um, you know, has protected Mac well opened up a lot of holes for Najee and, and um, you know, Brian Robinson, our other running backs, they've been doing a great job. So I think, I think Notre, I think we'd give Notre Dame some fits, but uh, we'll see what happens, man. Yeah. But you won't, you want Clemson and you, you're trying to sound law humble people. This man told me I want to bury them. I want them so bad. Nope. Like I like, you didn't get your chance last year because you had an off year and people got hurt. This is your only last chance to get Trevor. You want Trevor. You want to get Trevor before he leaves, and uh, I know you do. And I hope you get the matchup. Um, and this is, and I'm, I'm definitely favoring you guys. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. But this is a big week of football. Another episode, man. Dares, baby. Peace.